What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Spread out the goodness, I think is what I'm trying to say. Well, we need to spread out. And it's going to be a true test of, uh, I, I just, listen, I tried to experiment this Sunday. I was sweating tennis and NFL at the same time. And that was hard enough. Putting golf sweat is going to take this to a, a whole new level. And it's a major, it's winged foot. We got a lot to talk about. Um, they should have started it on, they should have done the Friday. This would have been the perfect. I know Monday's not a holiday, Friday through Monday. Let us, let us watch the final round on Monday. That would be pretty sweet. I mean, how hard were you sweating the Safeway last week? Just so I, hard, dangerously. I not have cared. It was way well down the list uh, of what was going on. I mean, it was cool to see Sink win. Um, I'm sure people... It felt like one of those weeks because it was such a low scoring event. So many birdies, there was like so many guys felt like they had a chance because guys would go on a run. Um, but yeah, sink, kind of, where did that come from? It's it. Those tournaments are just awful because it's, Oh, like you can randomly shoot 10 under and then you're the sweat is messed up too, because guys are in first and you know, they're not going to win because they've run, they're running out of holes, but like, it, it's just, the Safeway was bad. Yeah, I did not pay a lot of attention to it. I'm not going to no. lie. No, it was not. I mean, I actually did all right for a change. Um, but you know what? We, we really don't need to get into that. The big thing that we talked about last week with the Safeway is there's only a couple guys in that field who were even making the – it's not like we're like, all right, how is the field going to be affected flying from California over to New York for this? It's really just – like Spieth and Phil, and, and maybe there's a couple others, no one really of relevance. Yeah, the only guys that played well in the Safeway that are in the U.S. Open field are two guys who are probably terrible course fields, well. Ches Reavy and Kevin Streelman. So. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe there's a handful of guys, but still, no, none of the big names. Everyone was resting after the FedEx Cup, but let's get into it, chat. You guys know the drill. It's good to have all the regulars in here. Football's taken over, but we're, this is a big golf week. Um, so hit the like button right off the bat. We appreciate it. And there's a lot of times on this show, Olympia Fields a little, and just some other memorial where we talk about this is going to be really tough. And But, you know, lately it seems like every course these guys can take apart. If they take apart winged foot, I will, I'll never say this again. There's no chance that this is easy. There's 0% chance that this is going to be even remotely easy. Yeah, I'm with you. And I like to make fun more than anyone of the, you know, let's drop the ball in the rough and show how 
horrible it is because we've seen this at PGAs and US Opens every year. And then like, oh, Aaron Hills was supposed to be impossible and they were tearing that place up. Um, but yeah, this it's brutal. And we have things to go off of besides just pictures or guys dropping the ball in the rough. I mean, they played the US Open here. It was 14 years ago, but it was insanely difficult. Jeff Ogilvy winning at five over par. Um, and then you have the players. And I, and I think you can believe the players when they say, like, this is one of the hardest setups we're ever going to see. So, yeah, zero chance that this plays easy. Um, I, it seems like, you know, everyone would sign for an even par and that would probably be, would, would be good enough to win it. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's definitely different. Um, I guess if you want to get into the specs of the course, 7,450 yard par 70, the long par 70. Um you know, the rough is really, really deep, really bad. Uh, greens are large, undulating fast. I mean, it really, it, it is a total test. I mean, it, it is a test of all four areas. Uh, you got to drive the ball well. You got to hit good irons. You're going to have to scramble. I know that's one of the things that I almost never look at because I think, hey, if you're going to hit the ball well, you don't need to scramble. Well, even here, even if you're hitting the ball well, you're going to need to scramble a lot. And I think that's one thing I'm going to be doing differently this week is still focusing on ball strikers, but if it's a ball striker that is just absolutely atrocious around the greens, a la like Corey Connors, that's not going to cut it because no matter how well he hits it, he's going to have to scramble a lot. Um, so I think that's definitely the one thing I'm focusing on this week that I don't normally focusing on focus on is around the green game. Yeah. I mean, there's been some, cause obviously the U S opens a rotational. There's been some courses in recent years, Aaron Hill comes to mind where like there are challenging parts but then there's reprieves here. You need to drive it. Well, if you don't, you're dead. If you drive it, well, you need to strike your long irons. Well, if you don't, you're dead. Even if you do that, if you're on the wrong side, these greens are very tiered. If you're on the wrong spot in the green, apparently you have like almost no chance to get it up and down, even from being on the green. Uh, And that's taken in mind. Then we're dealing with fast POA, uh, which is challenging in itself. So it's hard to this is so extreme that it's hard to really visualize like well there's a skill set for this you need to just play damn good golf honestly yeah i'm with you i think you know for me i think my player pool is probably going to be pretty small because i just don't think there's a lot of guys i can trust at this Mm -hmm. course um you know it's like i don't want you don't want to just play pure scramblers like no you know because they're 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 going to die before they get around the green. They're going to be trying to get up and down for double bogey if they're not driving it well. And if they hit a good drive, if they're not capitalizing on that by hitting a good iron. So it's like, you don't want to play pure scrambler short game guys. Um, And you don't want to play pure ball strikers because when they miss a green, they're dead. Or if they're above the hole, they're dead. So honestly, there doesn't seem like there's a lot of guys that I, I, that you can trust this week. So for me, it's going to end up probably not, playing a ton of guys and and just we'll dive into it in a second so it's the one reprieve we get it's slightly smaller it's 144 i think we're dealing with usually it's it's the full like 155 this is top 60 in ties though um so like 65 wasn't hard enough we need to to kill five more people and we're going down to top 60 in ties getting through the cut six of six could legitimately be under one percent 
That's good. Cause I can't get six of six anyway. So make it like, I want everyone else coming down with me, like make it top 50 in ties or something. So this is also, and, and not that you would build for this, but I do think there is a chance certainly late on Sunday that like having holes remaining will be a detriment. Like, I'm not sure guys who make the cut and come around 60th will outscore guys who get cut on the number depending on how the few birdies that are made right yeah yeah guys are going to score like five close to zero for the weekend if they play horrible um (laughs) the finishing points will be massive so having the winner will be huge just getting that 30 point bonus you know it'll be like half his points exactly yeah it's going to be a huge portion of your points um so yeah having the winner and, and placement points, I think you're going to see, you know, five of six teams with the winner just blowing by six of six teams with a bunch of guys that finished T30 to T50, even four of six teams. If you have the winner and another guy that's up there, it's going to be a wild week. Um, it's interesting. I think it's fun. It's a little different. Um, you know, in the, the format, a little different for the qualifying this year. And I think that's something people, when you're making lineups, you'll have to think about is normally it's open qualifying, you know, guys, you'll have amateurs out there and club pros and whatever trying to qualify for the U.S. Open. So you get kind of a mix of, you know, PGA players that uh, had to qualify that didn't automatically get in or European tour plays, but then you'll have whatever club pros, amateurs. Now it's like, there's like, I don't know, a handful or 10 or so of the top corn fairy tour players, 10 or so of the top European tour players who weren't already exempt so you're ending up with a lot of guys that have really good form on whatever tour they were playing. So there's 10 guys that are all playing great on the European tour. Now they're not great players, but I think it'll be interesting to see like how people reconcile that, you know, cause you're going to look at some of these guys form lines and you're going to see multiple top tens and really weak field European tour events. You're going to see guys coming up the corn Ferry tour with a lot of really good finishes, but it's on the corn Ferry tour. Um, so it'd be interesting. Just, you look at the finishes on paper and it's like, wow, these guys are coming in hot, but you also have to realize bad competition how, how are they going to fare in a really strong field in a really tough course yeah i mean guys on the corn ferry tour like will z who is a uh, a twitter favorite i'm not sure he's seen this before but you know what you could say that about a lot of guys let's get into it let's let's go all right we're going north of 10k here and obviously the best players in the world are here we've got Morikawa. I'm going backwards, but Morikawa, Xander, Rory, JT, Rom, and, and DJ at the top. Uh, DJ and Rom are north of 11k on DraftKings. I, I mean, listen, we talk no matter what type of field; these are the best players in the world for a reason. But where do you look uh, if you are going to pay up? I think the the top three guys are kind of I, I put them on their own as as the three. I know they're the most expensive, but I, I think they're partial cut above Rory, Xander, and Morikawa. Um, a lot of it's due to the ball striking. Um, you know, DJ's been phenomenal. Uh, the ball striking has been really good. And he won the Tour Championship, technically came in third, um, if you don't count the starting strokes. But third, second, first, second, 12th, those are his finishes. And he's striking it great through all those. Uh, Rom, kind of a similar stat line, great finishes, two wins, very hard courses, good ball striking. And JT's the guy who the finishes haven't always been there a little inconsistent, but the ball striking has been, you know, just as good. He gained 5.7 at the tour championship, at least plus 1.8 in every start of his last seven. Some of those, the finishes weren't 
great, but he struck it great every time. Um, so he's kind of maybe like the buy low guy, cheaper. The finishes haven't been there. I mean, I think all three at the top are, are good plays. I guess I'm preferential to JT because of the savings, um, because the ball striking has been there, but the putter hasn't. I think there's, you know, maybe some room to uh, kind of grow, if you will. Um, Rory and Xander, I don't know. Like just the, the finishes for Xander have been great, but it's just he he's kind of been doing it a little bit with smoke and mirrors, and that concerns me. I think people will go there because the U.S. Open record is really good. Top six, his last three starts, his only three starts. But the the numbers behind what he's been doing, it just haven't been that good. The ball striking just hasn't been that good with Xander. So he scares me. And the same thing with Rory that we've seen the whole time uh, since the restart. Okay, but just nothing great. So I, I think the top three guys are kind of in a league of their own. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm going to – Rory's now back in business. He's – fine. I don't really look to him in us opens per se. I'm not saying I'm staunchly opposed to it, but for me, JT is my favorite. This is a guy that, I mean, he won during the stretch uh, with the ice cold putter at St. Jude, but in four of his last five, he's lost strokes putting. He's gained T to green in every single event since the restart. I, I know this is somewhat anecdotal, but like he seems built for these type of conditions. He, he grinds, he seems to work out of trouble. Fine makes those you're gonna have like a lot of 10 12 footers for par here a lot um he's that type of guy though he seems to be able to hold rounds together pick his spots and at the same time scoring still matters like the guy who can get two or three birdies around is huge even if he shoots 74 75 jt can score he's my favorite of, of the top tier yeah I, I think i'm with you i'm always a jt guy i'm kind of always a proponent of maybe just taking the cheapest of what you consider to be the elite guys. And for me, it's the top three. I mean, they're all elite, but um, I would put DJ Rom and JT kind of in a, in a bucket by themselves. So I was a proponent of just taking the savings when it seems like a coin flip out of mm -hmm. a couple of guys. So I think I'm with you there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are going to play Xander and it's yes. What, what he's done, the finishes are good you know obviously was great at the tour championship but i mean he's only gained 2.2 strokes with the ball striking in one of his last five starts um so he's been doing a lot of it with the short game um and that's a concern for me i mean it's a good thing that he's finishing well and and without hitting the ball great but um you know he's priced up a little bit he was oh he was more I think he was more in play and more a good play when he was in the low nine. Now he's priced right up there with these other guys. I, that's also a concern for me. He's the, he's a U.S. open putting specialist. <laughs> like he gets to the U.S. open. It's a different course every year. And somehow he like his finishes are obscene. Was it, I, were the, and it was due to the putting a lot of it. I haven't, I haven't seen the, it, the numbers behind that. I believe so. Um, let's, let's go to the videotape. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously some of the courses we don't have it, but just for example, last year gained six strokes putting, um, in route to his third place finish. Now, truth be told, he also struck it really well, but he's been carried by that putter and he's third, sixth and fifth in his U S opens. People are going to be drawn to that. I don't think that means much of anything, to be honest. Uh, Xander's a good player, but so is everybody else up here. I'd go there. We'll see. Also, I'm not anticipating major weather tomorrow night certainly we'll be going over that but if there's a split of some time with the tea times if it's cold 
uh, in the morning, that will just make it that much harder. I will say not that I, but like, it is cold. I, I live right next to this place and it was very cold this morning. Um, relative yeah. to what get we're... out there get on the ground yeah, i know i need to get like on twitter and go to the course and like drop a ball in the rough for us drop a pole like I-, I love when people do the things where there's like you have no conceptual grasp where it's just like my poland springs water bottle is three-fourths covered and it's just like well what is it at a normal course because i don't go around well, doing that or they're like you have no clue where on the property they are yeah, they're like the out by the maintenance shed <laughs> waiting hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's like knee deep rough, you know, it's like, come on. Yeah, you're playing in cactuses. It's like, yeah, well, don't, don't hit it over there. Um, but yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll do some social media from, I was supposed to go, but that's an either, obviously I cannot do that, but I did have tickets. Very gross. All right, let's go. After we plug in JT, if we want to pay up, we've got a bunch of guys in the next range, which is the 9K range. Obviously, a little more risk reward here with a guy like Bryson leading us off. You've got Webb, Cantley Berger, <laughs> Finau, and Decky, who are both really interesting names. But I have to ask you specifically about Bryson. He's been straight awful with his irons. His putter is completely hit or miss. Do you think this is like a great thing for him because he can use a scientist? Or do you think this is like the worst possible spot? I mean, I don't think it's the worst possible spot because again, for like the 50th week in a row, I'll just say we don't really know what we're going to get from him because he Mm -hmm. plays a high variance style of golf. Um, I don't think this is a good spot for him. I I think generally he's going to fare better at easier courses. um, Like we saw, was it the rocket mortgage or three M where it was just like bomb it up by the green and no, kind of no matter where you are in that general vicinity, like you can, you know, hit a 40, 50 yard pitch somewhere mm-hmm. and make a putt. I mean, that's just not going to be the case. Wayward drives are going to be just death here. Now, if he's piping it, you know, 350 and he's just really dialed in with the driver and like any other player, if he's dialed in, yeah, I mean, he obviously has a chance. I just don't think that really hard setups going to be great for him. He's going to hit wayward drives. That's going to be problematic. Um, you know, it's not like the recovery game and the short irons, those are not good either. Um, so if he is in trouble, it's not like he's been a wizard getting out of trouble. So no, not a fan of Bryce. And I I think easier courses are going to be a much better spot for him. Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, right now he just seems, and we've talked about this a little on this show. It seems like when Bryson is rolling, he's going to be unstoppable at spurts, but it seems like when he gets off track, he has a much harder time getting back on track just because of the way he plays. Like it's so technical and whatnot. Um, And right now he is just, there is no reason to think that his irons are going to turn around. Uh, That's a tough ask at this place. Like you, you just can't be messing around. You will just bogey every hole. Like it's, it's that type of course too. Like I don't expect a ton of like quadruple bogeys, but I expect guys to make like seven bogeys on the front. Yeah. Or they'll just somehow make a triple without a penalty stroke, just hacking it in the rough 
the up the left side of some hole you know it's just like you, you'll see drive in the rough and then they'll try and hack it 50 yards up and they'll still be in the rough and then they'll hack it in a terrible spot around the green <laughs> still in the rough you know it's just like, yeah they're not gonna you're not gonna have like four water balls or anything like that honestly i don't even think there's I'm trying to remember the flyovers. Not a ton of water here. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's that type of. It's just if you're out of position, there's no. You either take a pseudo penalty, or you potentially make a gigantic number. Because like the only way to do it is either just like pitch out and get yourself back into play. If you go for it, uh, it could be bad. Um, what do you do with like guys like Webb? Uh, it, it's so hard to, to visualize how he can, can he hang in off the tee? Like we know he's not a strong driver of the ball, but he's certainly gotten better. It's not a detriment per se. And if he, you know, he still is one of the best iron players in the world. I don't love Webb. I mean, I think he's just a guy that has a really, he has a coarse fit. He has a type. And I mean, we see him play well at the same places every year and there is a certain type of track Wyndham heritage colonial you know the players um and you know the less drive the less important the driver is the better he's going to be and driver is going to be important this week and he just seems to fare better on shorter courses that take the driver out of your hands and I mean look he's a great player aside from off the tee he's one of the best in the world approach around the green putting um but this is a tough course. He's not that cheap. 9,700, I think, is probably appropriately priced for his skill level, his accomplishments. But, I mean, he certainly plays well at a course that's far, far different from Wingfoot. And I, that, that's my main challenge with him. Do you, you feel the same way about Berger? Because a lot of what you said I do think is applicable to Berger, except he's not actually good. Um, <laughs> right. I do feel the same way about Berger. The problem with Berger is he's been burning me at all these courses <laughs> where he's not supposed to play well. Um, but he was really bad at the tour championship at Eastlake, which is a course you would think he would play well at shorter par 70 accuracy, more important Bermuda greens, him being awful, um, at the tour championship has me off of him. Honestly, of everyone in this range, I like Decky the most at flat nine. And this is tough because I feel like he's a little bit overpriced. I've been a pretty tough critic of him since the restart he's hasn't done much outside of was it the bmw where he was third yep at a brutal um, course and the ball striking really wasn't even that great at the bmw it's kind of a a strange performance for him he was plus 2.6 um so it didn't blow the doors off but i mean he just i honestly think he has the perfect game for this place i mean he is amazing around the green uh he was fifth 2020 around the green he was 12th in 2019 around the green he's plenty long off the tee um he's accurate he's got great irons now the putting is always going to be a problem but you're not going to find a guy that it there's like three guys in this field that are awesome in all four areas you know so either you're dj or jt or you're going to have a guy that's lacking in one area but i mean decky he fits what I'm looking for. He's a ball striker. That's amazing around the green. Now we're gonna have to pray for the putter and who knows what you're going to get. I think he's slightly overpriced. Um, but I just, I think, I think it sets up great for him. If he can just be okay with the putter, which is the highest variance aspect of the four strokes gained area. Um, I love every other part of his game. Listen, there's no doubt that Decky sets up well, he's shown it at places like Memorial at like, you remember 
at Bridgestone that year yeah. when he just ungodly, he almost won a U.S. Open. Um, I actually worry a little about him off the tee, though. He is someone when it gets go, he has moments where when it gets a little erratic, he has trouble uh, bringing it back. And Decky is not someone, unlike some of these short game players, that can really hold it together with the putter. But again, the point to make about this is the golfer that you need is the guy who crushes it off the tee, is accurate off the tee, is the long iron specialist and the best scrambler and a super putter. Well, that's nobody. So you're going to have a concern or two regardless. I'm willing to live with Decky's concerns, given that I know his skill set actually fits this pretty well. Yeah, I, I agree. Like we said, you're either DJ or you have a, a hole in your game somewhere. And what do you do? Obviously, with we're going to take the chances on putting, right? We're, we're, of course. We'll, roll the, we'll roll the dice in that area over anything else. Um, but just when I thought of like what this course required, fairly long ball strikers who can scramble, even though I don't love what Decky's done, he's been solid enough since the restart. He's been consistent enough. He kind of has enough pedigree. What I'd rather he was 8,200 like he was at the PGA, maybe a little bit overpriced. But I mean, this is a, I'm having a tough time finding guys who I think are really a good fit for this place. And he's one of them. So I, I like him. And, and this is a, a situation where if you're crushing it, you're taking, like, you don't actually need to make putts if you're that crisp with your eyes. This is not a putting competition because two putts are gaining strokes on the field. The trick is, can you get to two putts without having it? Like if you have 12 feet for par every hole, that's going to be very difficult. Um, if he has 35 feet for birdie on every hole, I mean, it's going to win. Like that would be a gigantic win in itself. You don't need to make those uh, very few and far between to be effective here. Yes, you just, and, and a lot of the problem is, are the, can these terrible putters you know, you always say, oh, they're mi- every every bad putting effort ends up with a missed short one, right? You, you only see the, the missed six or eight footer, but I think a lot of times you're going to have a guys with like a 40, 50 footer, and it's like, is their second putt going to be from four feet, or is their second putt going to be from like nine or 10 feet? And I think that could be a huge difference. I mean, that's not, you're not quantifying that. That's hard to figure out who's going to do that well. But I think that can be some of the problem with some of these really bad putters too is yeah, it's not just, oh, they're hitting it to eight feet every day or all day and they're missing all these eight footers. Like that's what you see at the Safeway or something else. This is going to be like, is Corey Connors going to hit it to 50 feet and then have a 12 foot par putt left or a 15 foot par putt left? Cause he's just so bad. I mean, that's also something that you need to think about. Yeah. He might not have a, another putt. Like it might go 50 foot putt, 20 foot chip, and then a putt. Um, yeah, you're going to see some weird stuff. You're, you definitely are. All right. Last guy in strange. Tony Finau that I want to talk about. I do think that he obviously Tita Green can handle it. Good. Another strong finish. Not going to need to win. You're shaking your head. No dice. This is, I never, I've never gotten this dude right. And I tweeted this a couple weeks ago. The guy's like 50 top tens career. <laughs> never never gotten, gotten the guy right in my life. Um, this is the spot where he seems to smash all the time. Tough field, tough event. Memorial BMW. Yeah, he's countless majors. This guy's been in the top 10. Um, Man, he just hasn't been, after striking a great lost strokes at the Tour Championship, slight positive at the BMW, missed the cut at the Northern Trust where he hit it well. I don't know. I mean, look, based on what he's done in this particular scenario at majors, 
I would say yes. I, I mean, I wouldn't mind playing him, but when I look at the numbers, I'm not exactly enthused. I think that's fair. I, I like him a little more than you just because I do think that in some ways, I, I, listen, I'm not, I always try to play psychologist, but like the pressure is all, when he's like, when he's the leader in these, like, you know, it's the Punta Cana. It's like, oh, Tony Fina, we should crush this field. Here, no one is expecting that. There's a million good players. So he kind of just goes out and does his thing. These strong fields, he actually tends to play better. I, I think this suits his game more than when he's the favorite at some bogus event. Yeah, I, I'm with you 100%. He has not fared well as one of the better golfers in a bad field yep. when he's 10K. This is the exact spot where he smashes. Um, I just, I, like I said, I don't like this range aside from Decky. He would probably be the second guy I would go to in this range okay. um, just based on what he's done in majors. Um, but it, it's tough because I'm not, I'm not really enthused when I look at the numbers from the last three starts. Fair enough. All right. Let's move to the 8k range before I do though, chat two things. One is obvious hit the like button. We need that, but I'm also got good news for everybody. We are running a little promo action promo code bogey is going to get you 50% off the PGA Weekly Pass. Uh, it's only valid this week. Next couple of days, it, it ends tomorrow, actually. So there is still time to go do that. If you are not inside the paywall and you want to use that promo code bogey, you get a 50% off a week of PGA. You literally try us out for a major. You get Alex's tools, projections, ownership, all the things, the leverage tool, which is one of my favorite things to look at. Uh, no better week to, to give us a try. Hopefully, you'll be successful and you'll stick around. But if not, you know what? You got inside the ropes. You get in Slack for a little while and have some fun. So we really encourage people to give that a shot. Promo code bogey. Uh, we'll do that at checkout. But these are this is a range, honestly. I mean, it's clearly, this is not a hot take that the winner could come from here. You have world-class players. Fleetwood leads us off, working all the way down to Hovland. Scotty Scheffler has withdrawn with COVID. He Other was than such that, a lock. Was, he was a lock. He, he made everything so much easier. It would have been easier for me because I, I don't know. I really wanted to roll the dice there. I would not have used him. Um, I thought he would have been popular though. He would have been shocked, but he yeah, I know. Great. And now people probably go to watch when people go to Ricky and then he plays well, that would be so sick. Uh, this range is full of names though. Like, do you look to Tommy Fleetwood as the first guy here? He's built for us opens his irons rival Bryson's right now for being the worst I've seen in a long time. This is really, really tricky for me um, because he was a complete write-off. Like you said, absolutely atrocious irons his last pretty much, you know, he got a late start on the PGA tour. So he only played what was about three or four or five events. Um, he didn't come back with all the other guys and he was terrible with the irons, just really, really bad. But he finished third in the Portugal masters last week. Now it was a terrible, terrible field, but it's like, I don't know if he turned it around, if he found something, I really like him at 8,900 um, elite player, you know, second tier player has a second and a fourth in the U S open. We've seen him play great contend in strong fields, um, big events. I like him. I think I'm going to roll the dice and say that he figured something out in Portugal. Now I know that's a bad, bad field. Um, but again, he kind of fits the mold of guys that I would trust guys whose game I think will set up well here. So I like Fleetwood. I'm going to pray that, that he figured it out in Portugal. 
he couldn't have possibly hit the irons as bad as he has been in, even in that weak field finish third. I, I don't know. No, I, I'm sure he, he sh- I mean, that was just weird to see his name over there. I, I was pretty surprised uh, that he, he went back and now he's coming back. Maybe he did find something. We've seen enough of him where even off no form, I, I don't mind going there. Certainly I'm a little skeptical. I'm even more concerned about Jason day who did the, I mean, his irons were on fire and then it just like that flipped last two minus six and a half. And my- with the lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Minus 7.7 on approach. Yeah, I'm back back out on day. Um, He looked so dialed in. Um, at the PGA Championship and the events leading up to that, uh, and looked like he was completely back, and then just just horrible in in the two events to start the playoffs. Um, you know, and he's he's wild, off, long but wild off the tee. Great short game, um, great U.S. Open record, but boy, those last two starts really have me concerned. Um, so I, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm going to go there. And honestly, this whole range, there's, there's question marks in my opinion about every player in like the mid to upper eights. They're good players they are good names, but um, a lot of question marks for me, I, I'm going to roll the dice with Rose at 8,400. Okay. Uh, T25 of the Northern trust, but the ball striking was crisp. I uh, gained 7.1 off the tee and on approach combined. Um, and, you know, he's been really hit or miss uh, since the restart, just kind of been all over the place, really good finishes, really bad finishes, really good ball striking, really bad ball striking. Um, but I, I think this is a good price for an elite player coming off, you know, the T25 doesn't look great, but he was striping it. Um, so I, in a kind of a range of guys that all have red flags, I'll take the guy with the elite pedigree with the U S open win that's coming off a really good ball striking performance and and hope that he can carry that through. Now that was a month ago. God only knows what he's been doing for the last month, but for me, it's Rose in this range that I feel most confident with. He listen, he he's a frustrating guy, but he's one of those players that I actually think that it's a benefit. If you don't have a really regimented skill set here, like if you're a, I'm good off the tee. I'm good with my irons. I can't chip and putt and I never can. I think you're dead. And I think if you're bad off the tee and you can only chip and putt, you're kind of dead. You want the guys that have shown the ability to do a little of, I always call it, I say this every week, the Dylan Fertelli, where it's like, you don't know where it's coming from. Rose fits that. I mean, he gains off the key pretty consistently. 
He's had some massive iron weeks. He's had some massive putting weeks. Scrambling is hit and miss, but it's not like he can't do it. Uh, built for U.S. Opens. I feel the same way, though. This is my way to connect it to Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed is that type of player. He makes a lot of putts. He's gaining off the tee consistently. His irons aren't great, but they don't need to be. Uh, I trust him as much as you could trust the guy to grind out a really tough course. Yeah, I mean, look, the, maybe the best short game player in the world, one in the top handful of guys, and in isn't a complete abomination with the ball striking. I mean, it's, it comes and it goes, but he's not Snedeker. Um, he has good weeks with the ball striking, one at Beth Page Black in the area, similar course type i don't i'm not a, i'm not an architecture expert people will probably freak out but you know well don't worry you're doing the show with the arc I, if, if there's one thing i am it's an architecture expert i don't even there's know what we're talking big, there's about there's some big time architecture snobs out there on twitter but you know similar set i would say a similar setup beth page and wingfoot they're know. both in new york yeah they're both in new york they're both tough courses they've had u.s opens there um Re- you're a reed guy dude you're gonna reverse engineer a reason to play reed that's right. No matter what. Reed's gained seven straight weeks off the tee. When you have that and you combine it with that short game, it I'm not saying it's hard to screw it up because you can easily do that, but he's not putting a ton of pressure on his approaches because he can work himself in and out of trouble. We saw him go out at Memorial and look fabulous on that Sunday. And he grinds. Like Reed is the type of guy he can he can let around not get away from him, whereas well, Ricky's right here, who's the king of doing... He's literally the opposite of that, where a 74 turns into an 82 because uh, he can't make a six-inch putt. But what do you do with Tiger? What do you do with Ricky? Are there other names you want to talk about before we move to the 7K? Uh, there's nobody in the middle. I mean, look, you could take a shot. To me, if I had to take another shot in the dark, it would be Adam Scott. Yep. Just, just another guy like, look, the numbers aren't blowing you away but just the type of player that I think kind of has the, the skill set, the decky type, the pedigree, you know, and if I had to just take a flyer with somebody, it would be Adam Scott. Um, you know, there's not a lot of the numbers that I see there, but it's just the type of player that he is. Who can I envision in the top 10 on come Sunday afternoon? Um, I think, you know, Adam Scott has that type of game, um, but I prefer Rose and Fleetwood. Scott would kind of be, I guess, my third. Going down, I have some interest in Hatton at 8,100. Yep. Um, yeah, I think the price is good. He was good at the Tour Championship without the starting strokes. He finished T5. He gained 4.6 with the ball striking. Um, he's gained po- positive ball striking in his last five events. T5 at the Tour Championship, T16 at BMW, T25 at Northern Trust. He actually struck it great at the PGA and missed the cut. He gained five strokes. That was a his best ball striking performance, and it was only two rounds. So he's been hitting it good. Um, we know he can putt. I like the price. Um, so in the low 8K range, I, I think Hatton is the play for me. Yeah, Hatton's a guy that his price is adjusted to where it should have been after that amazing run. I worry a little about him. Um, oh, oh yeah. I mean, if it gets going bad, it's like, <laughs> like who knows not, what's going to happen. He's not the most, like, even-keeled guy, and – Listen, like it's some guys don't, again, I hate to do this, but I feel like there are some golfers who go out and they like, they have a score in mind where it's like the goal is to beat everybody else. 
Like if everyone else shoots 77 and you shoot 75, that's a mate. That's, that's a big win. You don't need to shoot 68. Who cares? Like, but you know what? It's like, if he's playing bad enough that he's going to tilt, then you're probably not getting there anyway. Fair enough. Whether, whether he hangs in there and grinds out a 78 or turns the 78 into an 84. I mean, it's like, whatever. No, that that's more than fair. Obviously, I mentioned him in passing, but I do think that Ricky's game in theory fits okay. Particularly, he needs to get back to making putts. If he doesn't do that, he's not a world-class player. He doesn't belong in the eights. Uh, Can he do that? I I do think he can. Um, Other than that, though, you know, there's other guys, but I'm not going to – I don't want to talk about everyone. Hovland's there. Fitzy's there, but I prefer Hatton. Um, What? What are you hitting? I mean, Fitzy will be hitting what he'll be hitting hybrids into all these greens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like driver off the deck on the par three. Um, yeah, this course is long and tough, but let's go to the sevens because there's a million names and we, we're not going to get to everyone, but I do want to talk about some of these guys, particularly Paul Casey, who I think it's going to be a popular cash game play and he, his game does fit. Then we've got crazy people like Wolf, Usti, your boy Spieth is here. Um, Neiman what what do you make of we'll start with the top half of the sevens all right I'm gonna go down a little bit but we're still technically in the top half of the sevens I love Usti this week yeah of course you do I love and I don't ever play him I don't ever like him because I'm kind of a slave for like consistency which we talked about last week is not a good thing in DFS. Like you kind of want them see Johnny Vegas Johnny Vegas navigated through a little bit navigated it um but what I like about Louis is yes, he's inconsistent. He's boomer bust, but he's found a little something. The numbers aren't great, but positive ball striking in his last five events. So it seems like even a poor performance out of him isn't killing you. Um, T25, T13, T33, T6, positive ball striking. He has a great U.S. Open record and a great record in majors just in general. Uh, what is it, T23 or better in his last five U.S. Opens. We know he prefers the tougher tracks. I mean, this is the place, these are the places where we've seen him play well. You know, he's not a guy that in these normal PGA Tour events, for whatever reason, is popping up when the winning score is 20 under. It's like when the conditions are tough, when the field is tough, kind of like Brooks, I mean, that's when he's at his best. And I like when an inconsistent player starts to show just a little bit of consistency. Five events in a row, plus ball striking, Setup's good. Price is good. We know he has the upside. I love Usti this week. Oost. I mean, he's built for this. Like, the harder, the better. Major pedigree. He's been runner-up in every major. He's also won one. Um, yeah. I. If Louis is not popular, and I don't think that he will be, I will be on him. You don't know what you're going to get, though. I, I will say, just to speak to the other side, I'm not sure – it looks like he's trending upward, but it's hard to tell with him. It, it seemingly comes and goes randomly, but this should be a pretty good spot. And he has a flair for the big time tournaments. <laughs> okay. Don't say Sergio. Don't I was just about, I swear to God, I know, I know that he, I mean, when I say he can't putt, that's almost an understatement at this point, but God, his driving is so much stronger than everybody else. And it's strange because he's not like you wouldn't think that he would just be smashing off the tee, but it, and I haven't looked at the numbers behind the numbers, but it's gotta be just, you know, good length and hitting 
an obscene amount of fairways. Like, cause he's not hitting it 360. No, his total it's total driving, which yeah. is a combination of length and accurate. Like he is just peppering fairways, but he's not clubbing down. And that's going to be huge this week. But- um, Boy, lost it's, another it's, five strokes putting last week in two rounds. Yeah, he was plus four point six uh, ball striking, minus five point three putting. You know, I I could make a case for playing him because I don't think a lot of people are going to play him. I, but boy, you're you're taking a risk. But the off the tee game has been huge, and that's going to be huge this week. I mean, huge hitting the fairway with distance um, is going to be massive. You know. The irons, they've been okay. They've been up and down. The short game, up and down. But, I mean, look, this is a guy that's played in a million majors. He's, I could see him being there. The greens are impossible. He's a terrible putter, and it could be an absolute nightmare. Sure, he could lose. He could make the cut and lose 12 strokes putting. I don't know. Or he could be fine. It's just I don't have a lot of confidence in him because the putter's been so, so bad. Um, but, I mean, I – I wouldn't mind taking a shot with him. I like Louie a lot better because I feel like Louie has equal or more upside and is a lot more consistent, which is crazy to say. So uh, speaking of crazy to say, I cannot believe I'm doing this. Normally this would be me railing against this type of guy, but Matthew Wolf has shown me that he can actually do it outside of gimmick tournaments. He has been talking about strong tee to green and just particularly with off the tee game. I'm, I've been really impressed, and he was fantastic at Olympia Fields. He was fantastic at the PGA. He's I was going to mention him, but I didn't want you to just totally eviscerate No, man. I was I'm, kind of scared, actually. I was normally I, – I, I was going to say, if you mention Harris English, I truly will end the show. That's, I mean, you know me better than me. Yeah, no, I, I knew it wasn't going to happen, but I would, I would refuse to do a show with someone that would – would do something like that. But Matthew Wolf makes sense to, in my opinion. I agree. He's been awesome. Plus ball striking in seven of his last eight events. The PGA, he was absolutely unconscious. Should have won that. Could have won it going away if he could make a putt. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is a guy, big, big time amateur pedigree. Could easily see him up priced with Morikawa. I mean, they came in. Did they come in at the same time? I get all these young guys confused. But, you know, like, it, yeah. it's not out of the realm of possibility that he's a 10K player. And we see a year from now, it's like, he's 10K in these majors. because And he's playing a lot better, trending up, striking it great. Like you said, even in tough events, tough fields. I mean, he was lights out at the PGA. He scares me a little bit, the fact that, you know, this is going to be a lot tougher um, – I almost called it Olympic club. Jesus, like a flashback to 2012. <laughs> Where did they play the PGA? I don't even remember. Whatever, wherever they at Harding Park. Harding Park, yes. Yep. A, a lot more, a lot more emphasis on the the short game, the scrambling, than at Harding Park. Even though Harding Park played difficult, little concerning for me. But yeah, I don't mind him at all. Yeah, listen, it, it, there's a risk there, but he's shown he's answered the call more than I thought he would. Uh, Chat just asked about Sunjay. I will say he's that type of guy where he can do it in a lot of areas. He did find something with the irons. His form, though, is a little more shaky than most. Uh, Do you have any thoughts on Sunjay? Uh, No. He looked like he had it going there at the Tour Championship, and then kind of it all fell apart. Flashes, but... Let me me, me check the, as you would say, check the tape. 
Um, God, no, we got Stenson down here. I got one for you. He's plus 3.7. He's decent. No, I'm not. I've never. I got one. If you you want to get really wild. Kokeimer? Dude, that's not. He's a lock. We're not, we're not there oh, yet. Okay. I bet him against Spieth. What about Bubba? No. It's 7,400. No. No. Bubba, listen. If these if these tournaments were played on paper, Bubba would be an amazing play here. But I, the guy, okay, his, his U.S. Open. When's the last time? Truly, I think it's been a decade since he's broken the top fifty at a U.S. Open. Uh, T fifty one at Oakmont, T thirty two at Marion, T sixty three at Conditional. When was Marion? That was like 2011, 2012. Oh, he's missed. He's missed. Yeah. He has one top 20. He's in made what, three cuts in years? eight or nine. Oh, he's awful U.S. Open history. Terrible. But I will say that Bubba, certainly we know, of course, he has the length. The game isn't – certainly the game is in good shape. I mean, he's playing well. I just don't know about his – I don't want to say temperament. I, he just seems to not like this type of golf. I agree. I agree. Top 25, three of the last four. Positive ball striking, but yeah, a lot of, lot of question marks. Yeah, that's a bad idea. Let's not go. Let's just edit that part out, and we'll forget I mentioned Bubba. Like, can, we, can we talk Keimer? Please. I, I love him. Absolutely love Keimer. Okay. Um, so we talked about weak field European Tour events and what we do with that. Um, and he played two of them, second at the Andalucia Masters. It was brutal. Super difficult. That was, okay, that was like the U.S. Open type conditions. Yeah. All right. Um, so that actually bodes well. And third at the U.K. Championship. Now, bad, bad fields, but he's not a guy that I, I don't need to see him go out and compete against great fields. I know he's great. One of the, one of the more enigmatic players we've seen. Um, hasn't won in a while, but the dude's won a PGA. The dude's won a U.S. Open. He's won a player's championship. He's won a WGC. He's won countless really strong field European tour events. I think guy's a stud. He's a winner and he's been very up and down his career, but we've seen guys be way down and come back. So him playing well, even though they were bad events, I just love him. And I, and I especially love him at, you know, in a strong field in a really tough track. He's a guy that if he plays well at 7,100, you could see him, contending um I, yeah I, I i really really like him a lot so i have an article for free posted betting breakdown of this u.s open and martin keimer is in there i bet him against spieth oh i got plus money he should be like minus 300 against <laughs> yeah you tell him keimer's a guy that i don't need to see it he's got major pedigree he can play well brutal tracks his chipping could be a problem but you know what we Not can work around that. 72 greens in regulation. The other thing about him is people think, oh, well, it's like, where's he been? He's been totally gone. Okay, this is, I mean, we're going back, but the beginning of the European Tour season, four straight top 20s on the Mideast swing, which those are those are strong events. Like, they start off strong in the Mideast where guys like Brooks and DJ Reed will go play. You know, the beginning events on the European Tour and the ending events, the middle is a little lackluster. But, I mean, he had four straight top 20s against good European Tour events. Now, we're going back to the beginning of the season, but it's not like this guy's been in no man's land for years. Um, yeah. Fire up Keimer this week. Listen, th this is where we get to guys that 
you're going to have spotty form. You can either bank on long-term form with someone like Keimer, or if you think guys like Neiman and those types uh, have made the step, I guess you could go there, but I tend in U.S. Opens to lean on experience rather than overall maybe firepower because I think it's mitigated. Let's get to the cheapies. Uh, we got you know about five, ten minutes left. We got some names down here. EVR kicks us off at, at sixty nine hundred. Then there's a lot of tour regulars. The guys you reference, Keegan and Connors and Kokrak. Uh, and then there's the Euros who have come over. Horsefield's got COVID, I believe. Yeah, he's got COVID. He's gone. My guy Rasmus Holgard is here. He's fantastic. Not for me though. No, no Rasmus. I'd rather play Peters, but we can get to that in a second. It's um. It's tough. So now we get into, do you prefer your run-of-the-mill PGA Tour players who maybe aren't playing that good? Do you prefer your Corn Ferry Tour studs? Do you prefer your kind of no-name European Tour guys that have been smashing awful fields over there? For me, I just, I don't want to go here. I, I, you know, ending with Keimer might be like a smart thing to do. So if we want... Balance. God, this is tough. Because Kokrak, the numbers are great, but he just epitomizes a guy that scares you to death in a U.S. Open and is just like Connors, ball striking great, but awful both on and around the green. Like, I can get behind a guy that's awful just on the green, but if you're awful chipping and putting, that could be super dangerous here. But, I mean, he was T6 BMW, T13 Northern Trust, T15 at the Wyndham. He's gained at least 4.7 in, in like, four or five straight events. I don't know. I don't know though. He's, he's so scary. Do you, do you just, are we just nuking him from the player pool? No, I mean, listen, it, he's worthy of consideration based on that form. He has the skill set. It's just for me trying to weigh does striping it really good at, at courses that have nothing to do with this, make you more likely to be able to handle this. Cause I think anyone would recognize on paper, someone like Kokrak if his game is even in average shape, he, he can't hang around at a place like this because his, his short game is just too weak. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those plays where the numbers look good, but uh, the, the course fit looks really bad. That's Yeah, the numbers are some of the best maybe in this entire range. Can I, can I give you one more that maybe... Who, Benny? I don't on. think... I don't think people are going to go there, but Munoz has been playing really good. No, he has, but like, God, I, I don't know, Tim. I mean, you don't, you don't worry about these guys in, in a U.S. Open. But what am I going to do? Am I going to say, okay, let's play Graham McDowell because he's won a U.S. Open and he's been shot <laughs> awful? Like, I don't know. I, I'm not a fan down here, but I mean, Munoz – at least 2.4 ball striking in his last three events, seventh, eighth, 18th in the playoffs. Um, he was 60th around the green this year. So not horrible. He was 31st around the green last year. So the short game isn't bad. I, I don't know. I mean, I, it, it kind of checks out. He's playing well. He doesn't have a lot of holes in his game. I know the name value isn't there. No one's going to like say, ah, we're firing up Sebastian Munoz at winged foot. I don't know. I, listen, I I get it. He's never made a cut in a major. He hasn't had that many chances. He's he's playing great golf. He's a Bermuda specialist, which isn't great. 
I'd rather play Brian Harmon. Right. I'll just put you that out there. Some names, and I'm going to poke holes in your guys now. Well, you don't need okay. to. My guys are—they already are deflated because they're holes. They're European, so you can just go with the overall gutless as you normally do. We've got Matthias Schwab right there. Go it's ahead. Couldn't even make a putt to get into the playoff at the Barracuda, and you think mm-hmm. he's going to hold up to the pressure of a U.S. Open? Like Adam Hadwin, Benny on. I mean, you think uh, no. There, there's, I, there's no way. There's no way Benny on. I'm sorry. I know world that the class scrambler, world class scrambler, Thomas Peters. You're still chasing. Wow. You're still chasing those finishes from 2014 Masters and 2014 Riviera, um, where, where he he went on this. He ran like the sun for like six weeks on the PGA Tour, and we're all still chasing all that. So, I mean, Peters is an absolute nut. He's certainly minus, I'd say, like 500 to break a club. He's electric when he gets going. I just don't know if he can avoid the blowups. Uh, I just, he's got so much talent. But oh, I, we got it. We got a Will Will Z. Are we no. going? No. Wait, you you like him too? No, I'm, I'm asking whether. Just, just God, let's not be so judgmental. No, no. Listen. If I have tears of like, okay, this is like, like Munoz, maybe not for me. I get it. The guy's playing fantastic. He's shown it against fields. I mean, Will Z, that, I mean, I think that's comparable to what we talked about last week. I know it's different, but when you think about it relative about Tim, Tom Kim coming over, like Will Z, what has he been doing? I mean, porn fairy, but come on. I think he came into the Corn Ferry Tour with a little bit of pedigree. He's not like some guy that no one ever heard of, and like all of a sudden he had a. I think he's a Wake Forest guy. So there's no part of you that thinks that Will Z might be like Morikawa or Scheffler, and maybe this is a chance to get him at 6,700. No, because I remember at uh, what was it, Oakmont. I remember John Rahm as an amateur in the field was 6,200 or something ridiculously mm-hmm. cheap. Now this was before everybody knew everybody and like everybody was on everybody way too early. I don't know. I don't know a lot about Will Z, but I mean, if he's, if he truly is as talented as maybe some of these other guys as a Scotty Scheffler, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what to do with him because I'm not a corn fairy tour nut. Um, I don't, I. I'm not an amateur golf nut. I don't follow these guys before they hit the PGA tour. So le- listen, and I know this is somewhat biased, but, but I'll just say this, John Rom, he missed his cut at OHL in his first ever. I believe this was all as an amateur. Then he came in fifth at the waste management as an amateur. He came in 64th at travelers. He came in 10th at OHL. And then he was 23rd at the U.S. Open in 2016. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. Will Z has played in eight events on the PGA Tour. He has seven missed cuts and a 68th. When was the last? When was his last? They're all from 2018 uh, or earlier. So before this year. Yes. I, mean, I I'm not I'm not the guy that's gonna sit here and cape for Will Z because I know I know you're not neither, neither of us are I don't know enough it's um I guess things that other people have said obviously have piqued my curiosity 
about him? He certainly, from what I've seen, and it's limited, has a chance to be a damn good player and a guy that going forward could be good. I just don't know how often you you fade him in a spot like this and, and it really burns you. When you can go to guys, like I'll even make the case for Munoz now, you can go to guys who are doing it week in and week out against this same competition. Uh, t- tougher course, but it's hard when it's a tougher course and a tougher field. That's a double combo that's really hard to handle. And I think the kicker is, is he's not going to be 1%. Nope, people want to go to him. Um, and for me, there's a million... They're not the most exciting players, but the the Harmons, the Kokraks, the, just the everyday tour players probably are the more prudent move. When when Will Z, it's like three years from now, and he's won like seven majors, um, we're going to go back and look at the day that we played Sebastian Munoz over him. Well, I won't look at that day because I'm not playing either of them. But uh, no, I, I think that. It's just like, honestly, my final, I'll say this is my final thoughts and then we'll wrap this up and get out of here. Rasmus Holgaard to me is similar to Will Z in a lot of ways. He is, I believe he's 19 years old. He just won another European tour event. Very talented guy. I do think there's a time when he's going to be expensive in majors. I think he's that good. I'm still not looking to go to him here blindly, though. I, I think that's kind of far-fetched to think he competes immediately. Yeah, I, I agree with you, I think. And that's kind of why I brought it up at the beginning of the show. It, it's it's really complicated it to is. look at 10 guys playing great on the Corn Ferry Tour, 10 guys playing great on the European Tour, and then sandwich them in with a bunch of guys that aren't playing great on the PGA Tour and trying to figure that all out. Um, it makes it difficult. I will generally lean almost exclusively to the PGA tour players. Um, but there is that small part of me that's like, am I missing out on John Rahm at 6,700? I don't know. Maybe if I knew a little bit more, if I followed college golf more, <laughs> maybe I would, I would have the answer to that question. It's so hard too. Cause I think we both want the data. Like if I had data on these guys, maybe I'd feel a little more comfortable, but um, give me the the known versus the unknown. So uh, I'll, I'll lean with guys where I know how they're playing. At least I can project how they would fit this course. Will Z, I have, I'd be lying if I told you, oh, I have a great feel for like how he's going to handle wing foot. I have no idea. But, really, I but know there's how all the, these people on Twitter that have like rocket emojis and flame emojis and a lot of rocket emojis. And, and like, is all I see is Will Z with rocket emojis. It's got to be, he's like well, bit, Bitcoin of, of golf. He's not playing against Davis Riley and co anymore. So we're, we're going to see. I'm rooting for, hey, he's Bill Hossel, my mater. I root for Wake Forest. Go, go. No, well, if I'm not playing him, I'm definitely not rooting for him. Fine, root we're rooting against him. I was just trying to be nice to wrap up the no, show. Don't but be nice. If we're not okay. playing him, we want him to be awful. Okay, fine. Sorry, Will. Pat Mayo is a very nice guy. He likes to root for people. I know. I'm I'm the opposite. I want fine. We're only rooting for our guys. And that's what we do on the show. We uh try to pick winners and we root against everyone else. So <laughs> on that note, let's get out of here. This is fun. Tomorrow night, 8 30 Eastern, live before lock. It's a good one. We need to talk weather, we need to talk lineup construction, and we're gonna do that. We'll got alex baker on the show too so the man himself we talking about his projections his ownership really really important that you guys stop on by but as always 
So much fun hanging out with you guys. Hit the like button on your way out. Good luck this week in the U.S. Open. Good luck this week in all the other sports, too. We got shows around the clock uh, to keep you covered on football, baseball, basketball, and everything else. Good luck, and we'll see you next Tuesday.